0: Thank you for downloading this episode of the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast. This week we've been chatting to Yvette May about her upcoming Brighton Fringe show, 10 Steps to Happiness, which will be at the Warren. Thank you for your feedback, Uh, we've been having lots of lovely conversations. uh, Chatting to Michael, who was saying that listening to the podcast is a bit like having conversations in the theatre bar after a show, which is lovely feedback to hear, although we have to admit slightly less alcohol is involved although hopefully slightly less jealousy as well, although no guarantees. One of the other bits of feedback we've been getting is that we haven't really introduced ourselves. We were a bit shy about introducing ourselves, Cast Iron and the people involved Cast Iron, so we should remedy that now. My name's Andrew Allen, I'm a writer, a director, actor, improviser for Cast Iron, one of the artistic directors. I run a workshop every um, Sunday night at the Duke Box Theatre, uh, improv workshop, and so that's essentially a lot of what I do. So it bears emphasis that I'm one of the artistic directors of Cast Iron Theatre, which means we haven't introduced the other artistic director of Cast Iron Theatre, which um, is is you, is my wife, Michelle Donkin.
1: Hello, yes, that's me. It's a family affair. It is, indeed. Um, I'm a writer, I'm also a producer.
0: Well, in fact, a producer of many things, uh, one of the things we can include is you're a producer of this very podcast.
1: I am. I am indeed, yes.
0: So yeah, you you, uh, you um, sit on every recording, you're making lots of notes, you frown at me when I'm being incoherent, uh, <laughs> so that you make me sound somewhat coherent for the actual release podcast.
1: Yeah, and, and it's only now that I realise how tricky it actually is, talking on a microphone yeah. and sounding vaguely coherent. I yeah. think you've done a really good job Thank so you. far. Um, yeah, should well done. Po-
0: We should also point out that um, as a writer, because Cast Iron produces plays throughout the year, like short plays, evenings of short plays, 10-minute plays, 20-minute plays, and we also have evenings of short stories, um, spoken word, uh, poetry evenings, we've got coming up in June, yes. all manner of things, really. Um, and occasionally we also do a full hour. Yeah, we did a full hour last year for the Fringe and we're doing a full hour for this Fringe, which is written by yourself.
1: It is, yeah. I'm very excited about that. It's a play called Model Organisms. We're going to go into it later in more depth, I suppose. Yeah,
0: in a, in a different podcast, yeah.
1: Yeah. So for now, just um, get your tickets now yeah. while they're hot. It's a play. Is that shameless advertising.
0: Sure, yeah. It's a play about, you know... Um...
1: It's a post-apocalyptic romp. Yeah, it's yeah. not a romp. No, no. No.
0: There's not even any songs.
1: It's not. No. There's not. But it does feature the fabulous Chelsea Newton Mountney.
0: Yes, of Pop Pop Productions.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's a solo show.
0: Ticket links will be on the website, etc. We should also acknowledge, it's not really a Brighton-related thing, but we we should mention it, is that um, Samuel French in London, the play script um, shop, has closed this week after 187 years. Hmm. Um, The the business itself is still in business. You'll still be able to buy scripts online and and stuff, but the actual bricks-and-mortar shop has closed, which is a a tragedy, really. On my blog, this is andrewallen.wordpress, I've written a, a little play in lament and and farewell to um, Samuel French. On the subject, actually, of buildings being closed, we should point out that the um, Iron Duke pub, which is where the Duke Box Theatre, where Cast Iron do a lot of their Mm. work, the the pub itself is closed to refurb at the moment. But the theatre is still ongoing. Um, So, for instance, if you're rocking up to the um, weekly improv workshops that we have every Sunday at 7pm, you just need to come to the side door. Don't panic if uh, you suddenly see lots of... Um, masonry and sawdust and uh, men in hard hats. That's
1: never a cause for panic. No, no, no.
0: Um, but you sort of rock, uh, go around to the side door and you'll be able to get into the Duke Box Theatre there as well. Mm-hmm. So the other thing we'd like to mention, it's not a cast iron related thing, but it's definitely something that we want to mention, is that Working Towards Performance, uh, the uh, showcase curated by Stephen O'Shea, that's coming up on Tuesday the 18th of this month at The Verdict on Edward Street, it's a, a free ticket. You don't have to pay for the ticket, but it is always worthwhile rocking up early because uh, it tends to pack out quite yeah, quickly.
1: They, they get packed quite they do, quickly. They do. It's a good yeah. night.
0: Yeah. And so I think it's one night only, so it's definitely mm. worth checking out. And that's kind of it that we want to chat about for now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think
0: so. So it's been lovely to meet... Oh, I, I, I've met you before.
1: Yeah, but, you'd hope. Yeah. But, it, but
0: it's lovely for the, the, the podcast listeners. Uh, that, that's the point. Listeners, It's plural. Yes. We're literally worldwide. Yeah. We have more listeners. Did you know this? We have more listeners in Kansas than we do in Hove.
1: I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. we we
0: have obviously the top level of listeners is in Brighton, which makes sense.
1: That That's handy. Yeah. And useful. But we're delighted that we have a worldwide audience. Yeah. Hello. 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 Around uh, the world. Do get
0: in touch. Uh, uh, tell us what you think.
1: Yeah.
0: But apart mm. from that, you know, uh, mm. enjoy the podcast.
1: Yeah. Enjoy. Bye bye.
0: The Cast Iron Theatre Podcast, speaking to you from the heart of Brighton about all things theatre, new writing, comedy, music, juggling, and possibly even cake making. This is episode four of the Cast of Iron Theatre podcast, uh, being recorded on a lovely, warm, sunny Saturday morning. And um, Yvette, hello. Hi. Hello, you're our, our guest for today. Uh, it is a lovely, um, sunny um, morning. Um, and we're recording the, the day before the Brighton Marathon now. Are, are, are you going to be taking part <laughs> in the <laughs> yeah, Brighton Marathon? No. No, no. <laughs> no I'm is, not. Is that something that's ever interested you at all? No. No, no.
2: <laughs> i I feel like uh it's great if people want to do that, yeah, yeah. I'm all for supporting people who want to, but I'm yeah, definitely yeah. not. Not one who wants to take part, no.
0: Do, do you actually go out and support? Because no. you have to get quite up early, quite early to support with, with, with your flag and
2: no, and whistle. No. No. Just, so you're just from my bed. From your bed. In, you know, mentally supporting from my brain, like, thoughts go out to them. Like
0: What more could you do? <laughs> exactly. Well, literally, what more could you do? Uh, so, hello, I um, bet about, about me. Um, we're chatting to you because, uh, well, for many reasons, really. But you've um, you've got a show coming up in the Brighton Fringe. Uh, what's that called?
2: Ten Steps to Happiness.
0: Ten Steps to Happiness. So that sounds a little bit like the uh, the AA um, slogan. <laughs> is, that, is that where it comes from? <laughs> no, no, no. No.
2: no. Um, I don't know how I got. It. Well, no, I do know how I got the title. I got it because I was reading an article <laughs> that was Ten Steps to a Happier Life. Yeah. And that was what I wanted to do my show about was this article. Um, so 10 Steps to Happiness made sense. I
0: do remember reading years and years ago a similar uh, article about, you know, uh, tips for a, a happy life. And um, no, it wasn't even an article, it was actually in a, in a, in a published self-help book. And it was split up into easy to digest chapters and one of them was about dealing with depression. And the tip on dealing with depression was to be happier. (laughs) So I I, I put that book back. (laughs) I I did not purchase that book. Um, The posters are going up for uh, Brighton Fringe. It's all getting very exciting. Uh, Are there any, to spring this question on you, are there any other shows apart from your own that you're looking forward to? yes go
2: on. Uh, model organisms oh
0: v- thank you very, No, yes.
2: genuinely really looking forward to that
0: I should do a, a full disclosure here uh, because we haven't mentioned this on the podcast so far but model organisms uh, written by Michelle Donkin and directed by myself um, so we were definitely going to mention it at some point anyway yeah. uh, we haven't paid you to say that <laughs> no
2: <laughs> no I genuinely am really looking forward to that thank you thank you. Um, I don't know like d- during Fringe um I'm going to sound really pretentious now. We're like, oh, because I have lots of actor friends. Um, I end up seeing a lot of things that friends are in or have made. And that's um, really lovely. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to Stones. Obviously, Judy is directing and my housemate Emma is performing in that. And Chris as well. He's a friend. So I'm looking forward to going and seeing that. Um, To be honest, I don't even have a brochure yet. No. I just, I want to get a brochure and go through it and circle all of the things that I want to see.
0: Just a really weird question. Do you circle or do you highlight? I circle.
2: Or do you? I yeah. highlight.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but maybe I should highlight.
0: No, no, I'm not judging.
2: No, but now I can see it in front of me. I can see you've highlighted that one there. And that's not it, even the
0: way that I normally highlight. I normally sort of highlight like I'm highlighting lines. I fill the entire space.
2: I quite like that. Yeah. But yeah, you've... I've never it didn't even cross my mind to do that and now I feel like that's the way forward
0: well if we've done nothing else in this podcast (laughs) um we've we've done that you (laughs) you say that you see lots of your friends and uh colleagues doing stuff in the fringe Mm. simply because a lot of your friendship group are performers or writers or actors or directors but does that mean the other side of the coin where you actually end up missing a lot of your friends and colleagues that the stuff you can never see gets on the same time as your show or
2: yeah 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 it does happen Yeah. yeah and it's it's rubbish because obviously I want to see everything I want to yeah, see yeah. all of the stuff my friends doing and I'm sure that there'll be uh, friends of mine that won't won't be able to make it to my show either because they're doing their own own things well,
0: we're definitely going to try and come along and see that uh, the show uh, 10 steps to happiness which we will be chatting about throughout this hour what I wanted to ask you is is it the first show that you've been involved with that's really been driven by you that you've had the central idea that you're the central performer that you're the driving force
2: yes yeah it is so
0: how is that for is that is that an undue amount of pressure for you
2: yes <laughs> 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 um it's been really terrifying um, but also really exciting at the same time, and I'm just I'm just really looking forward to doing it. Actually, yeah, um, it's my baby. Like, yeah. I've written it and I love it and I feel really passionately um, about it, like about what the show is about. Um,
0: Can you say what it's about uh, without um, giving too much spoilers or stuff that you wouldn't want to chat about before we see it?
2: Yeah, so it follows um, a twenty-something-year-old on her journey to. You know, achieve happiness so she's gone online and found these 10 steps and she's basically going through them with the audience um, trying to figure out if that's going to help her lead a happier life and, and what that means um, so that's kind of the premise of the show yeah um, so
0: I, I guess with, with it literally being her going through these 10 steps does that mean that you are able to compartmentalise the play into different sections
2: yeah, in a way, yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of become the structure of the show, yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of dips dips in and out of of those ten steps, but that's kind of the the running thing throughout the the whole piece. Is
0: it a, is it a funny show or a serious show? Or yeah, it's both? a comedy. Yeah,
2: definitely a comedy. So where, where does it
0: come from? I mean, you you said that you you've you you've written it and you're performing it, and it's inspired somewhat by, at least the title is inspired by uh, an article that you saw. But where does it come from, That the desire to do the show itself or the storyline? Where where did it come from for you?
2: Um, well, I wanted to do a solo project. I've done a lot of collaborative uh, devised pieces. So I wanted to do something on my own, and that was a challenge that I set myself. And I originally started doing a show about dating and yeah it didn't feel right and nothing was kind of sticking and I didn't like the material that I was creating. And then, then, like I said, I came across this article and it just spoke to me because I feel like, um, I've suffered with depression in the past and a lot of my friends around me, I was kind of looking around at, um, the people I'm surrounded with and everyone's kind of okay, but no one's, to me, seemed that happy. And, I just was reflecting over life and, you know, as you do. And when you go to school and when you go to college, you're you're taught to work and you're taught to get yeah. good grades and you're taught to kind of follow rules. But no one's actually talking about how to be, you know, present or mindful or happy. You're yeah. not taught those things. Um, yeah, I don't know. So for me being kind and learning about psychology and uh, learning about happiness is just something that piques my interest and then obviously I came across this article and I started making material based on these 10 steps and I just felt really inspired so I started to make this show and now it's become a bit of a passion project.
0: So has it been an act of um therapy in indeed to sort of get the uh, these words down on paper or to start creating the show.
2: Yeah, I found like a lot I found that a lot of what I say uh, in the show <laughs> is like things that I have said to my friends in conversations yeah. Yeah. or bring bring up in, in conversation. And I'm like I mean I can't I'm trying to think of an example but I don't know. But sure. you know, when you're chatting with your friends in the pub or whatever and you start talking about something um, these, all, these are all of the things that are in my show and I just wanted the show to be really honest, brutal and funny and poignant and I just, you know, would like people to come and, and watch the character and be like, I can relate to that yeah. or I know somebody like that.
0: So um, is the character you? Or is it a version of
2: you? Yeah, it's a version of, yeah. of me. Yeah, And... A lot of the show is autobiographical. Yeah. Um, but obviously for for theatre, it's uh, there are some extra things added in there that are...
0: I worked with somebody previously who'd written a fairly autobiographical or semi-autobiographical show, but it was quite honest in terms of elements of her sexual history, etc. Mm. And she was, if I remember correctly, she was somewhat... Um, Deterred by people sort of going, Oh, is that bit true? Is that bit true? And they'd always latch onto things- No, no that was the bit that I exaggerated. That's the bit that that bit No God, I never did that. Um how vulnerable do you feel about putting a character out there, particularly as a reasonable proportion of the audience are gonna be known to you? Um God, if you haven't thought about this already, that's the wrong <laughs> time to ask. But how vulnerable do you feel about putting that? element of yourself out there?
2: Um, I have thought about this. I actually said to my mum yesterday, she came round for lunch. I was like, she's invited all of her friends. (laughs) And I know they've got tickets because they messaged me. I was like, we've got our tickets. Um, And I was like, mum, they're going to think that everything that happens in that show is me, yeah. probably, yeah. you know? So I said to her, <laughs> she needs to be prepared for the questions because I don't have to hang out with them no, no. as lovely as they are, but, you know, they're going to be like, Mary, that's your daughter. <laughs> yeah. um, but, oh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't really care. Yeah, all right. <laughs> spoke like a true <laughs> artist. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care. Um, yeah. Alright.
0: I, I was saying earlier, um, how easy has it been to get uh words down on paper. Um that may not literally be the case, depending on how you work. Um was it devising first, was it improvising first? Were you did you have an idea or a memory of a conversation, and then literally write that down?
2: Um, it's a complete mixture of yeah. all of those things, actually. Um for example yesterday, because uh, the show is still in progress, it's yes. being written. Um, so yesterday I did, I I just ranted and, oh, excellent, yeah. and I recorded myself and then, and then I, you know, played it back and I just typed it out yes. what my rant was and then edited it and changed bits. But my, I, I, my best, it sounds really long, like, but my best ideas uh, come to me visually yeah, and I imagine something happening on stage yes um the whole thing like a movie in, in my head well it, that is a quite a filmic
0: response isn't it yeah I, I depending on what the project is i often have an idea like that that oh, I, I have the image first yeah. and then i have to do the hard work of earning that by, yes. by writing yeah. yeah
2: um and i um yeah it kind of comes to me visually and then and then i have a lot of it is like in my script is descriptive because it's visual yeah, and it might be movement or like light changes or whatever. So I have to just write a description of what that moment is rather than a script necessarily. Sure. And bits of it will be um, ever so slightly improvised on the night. So it's kind of got a structure, but yeah. it will be me improvising around that basic structure. And then other things are written as if I was, you know, playwriting. Yeah. But mostly it's, comes from improvisation or um, devising exercises rather than kind of sitting and writing a play.
0: which is reasonably tough to do in a solo project. Mm. Um, do you have a team or do you have people that you are improvising or ranting in front of?
2: Um, not not normally when I'm when I've just got an idea or when I'm making something, but once I feel like I've got something, I will gather gather people, gather yeah. friends or colleagues or um, other trusted creatives and show them yeah. what I've been doing and, yeah. then, and then gain some feedback. Um, I did a scratch night a couple of weeks ago, which yeah. I tested out because my piece has got a lot of um, audience participation and audience interaction. So I tried the scene that I needed an audience for yeah, yeah. because otherwise it's just an idea in my head.
0: And you'll never know until and the performance Exactly.
2: Night. So um, I did the most audience participatory heavy moment and got to experience what that would really be like, which was really helpful.
0: Uh, and did your scratch audience enjoy that? Did they feel that like they were being bullied or, or <laughs> were, they, were they quite happy and content with it?
2: Happy and content, I think. Yeah, yeah. I got some really positive feedback. Um, People really enjoyed it. So that was that was really great. It was a good confidence boost.
0: Yeah. I want to speak about the rant as well, because um, that maybe to some people might sound a bit of an odd way to work or, 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 or screaming into a recording device for two minutes but it's actually really helpful isn't it mm. because you're forced. any writer can stare at a, a, a laptop for an hour and go i've got nothing good enough because it's about perfection whereas if you're just ranting and screaming and spit or flecking into a microphone for, for two minutes and you know you've got to carry on shouting for two minutes there's going to be in likelihood, there is going to be at least one good line in those two yeah, minutes.
2: Definitely. Is it something that you do often? Yeah.
0: Not, not in the bus. At all.
2: <laughs> no, normally in the comfort of my lounge. Um, I mean, as I said, my mum came for lunch yesterday, and I, I went on this big rant about uh, millennials. <laughs> and it was after she left um, that's when I got my phone out and I basically ranted what I ranted to my mum yeah. to my phone, and then and then made that part of the script. Um, yeah.
0: It's still not scripted. You're, you're, you're at that point. It's still not scripted. You're, you're not looking for perfection. You're looking for, I guess, honesty.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: So let's chat a little bit about where you've come from. Uh, we, we spoke about this being the first solo show that you've um, driven yourself. Um, what were you doing up until now? Because you, you still are, or you're up until recently, you were a student.
2: Yeah. So I did the foundation degree at Northbrook. Yeah. Um, which was acting and contemporary theatre making. And then I stayed on to do the one year top up, uh, which is you know makes it a full BA. Yeah. uh, Which is where I'm at currently, Um, and we are doing a show actually as part of the fringe at the Warren. As part of the course. Yeah. So I'm directing that, um, and I wanted to obviously perform. Well, I wanted to perform in something, and write something. So that was why. This project happened.
0: So you're going to be quite busy. You're directing one show and you're performing in another show. Mm. Uh, does your show have a director? No. So essentially you're directing two shows. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: You're certainly producing two shows. Yes. They're not on the same night at any point, are they? No. Okay. And so um, so you've been doing the what's now a three-year course, uh, BA at yeah. Northbrook. Uh, how have
2: how you found that? Um, I've loved it, actually. I've really enjoyed it. For me, I think what I've learnt most wasn't necessarily acting technique but how to actually make theatre. So last year we made yeah. um we collaborated and made a piece based on um Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky. Yeah. And we did this silent physical theatre piece at the fringe last year. And kind of just yeah, they really push you to learn how to make your own stuff.
0: Well a silent Movement based theatre piece on crime and punishment that's a bit of a tough sell at the best of times. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, how'd it go? We did sell out, yeah yeah, right. yeah, 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 um, yeah, it went really well. And actually, I was talking to one of the guys yesterday, and um, we might be uh, re looking at that and yeah. potentially touring it in the future.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. And what, what have you been doing, uh, or what did you do, have you done elsewhere, and um, in terms of getting to where you are now?
2: Uh, well, I've done a lot of stuff
0: iron cast oh yeah oh there we go that's a great combination so uh uh iron cast uh cast iron cast
1: iron
0: so it's ironclad which is improv yeah i forgot that um i met you a couple of years Mm. before i would met you um because you'd come to one of the improv uh the ironclad improv classes and then you Never came back for two years, which is a, a great advert for my improv classes. It
2: wasn't anything personal. Okay, was, right, yeah. Uni was busy. Okay. Um,
0: and then, yeah, you've um, you've done a few things for Cast Iron.
2: Year Without Summer. Year
0: Without Summer, uh, which was the play from uh, last year, last uh, Brighton Fringe when we are talking about um, Frankenstein and the writing of Frankenstein and Mary Shelley and Mary Shelley's half-sister, yep. uh, Claire Claremont, who is... You know, apparently in real life, but also the way that I wrote a uh, sort of vivacious, um, confident, but sometimes sulky young woman.
2: Sounds like me. <laughs>
0: you, you, you were shooting <laughs> for that part. Um, so initially, that's that's when I thought I first met you. I, I, did, I have to confess I didn't recognise your auditions. Um, we cast you in that, uh, I guess I, I'm going to ask you, how, how did you find you about Summer?
2: I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I mean I did <laughs> I mean, it's not because not I have to say it like no, 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 it I genuinely really enjoyed working with you and yeah. the rest of the cast were amazing yeah. and I like doing stuff for sweet venues I think they're great and then that led to lots of other things with you guys as well and obviously recently I directed one of the short 10 minute plays I really liked working with Chelsea and Matt Yeah. yeah. so it's been really positive
0: and yeah we're really proud of Cast Iron yeah. in the way that it sort of gives people opportunity to sort of sharpen their tool mm. in a non-innuendo way uh, <laughs> on various things, be it writing or directing or acting or being in the audience. So because you haven't got the brochure for Brighton Fringe yet, you might not have noticed that your particular blurb has a lovely logo from the Pebble Trust mm. um, on the uh, image. Explain for us what the Pebble Trust is, what it does.
2: So the Pebble Trust is um, like a local charity that supports um, local talent. And they raise money or or give money to local people and for local projects um, to basically help you get get where you want to (laughs) go.
0: Because it is quite difficult to... Particularly if you are producing your own solo show, as you are, it's that... It's not just an act, um, uh, a matter of a single actor rocking up to a stage and doing an hour, which sounds like it costs nothing. It, it does, incurs more cost than that.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really expensive.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the, um, I imagine there are some restrictions on what, who's eligible for the Pebble Trust.
2: Yeah, so you have to be under 25. So I just, just made Ooh. it um being 25 and yeah local so under 25 and local and you do an application form online and uh, then I was invited for a like shortlisted interview yeah and then there are three winners and and I was lucky enough to be one of them
0: fantastic so um I mean I I have nothing against young people young people (laughs) are great young people are, are the future I believe that they are our future but um There is. There's an extraordinary amount of uh, of trusts and funding that is for young people. Um, Once you get to to be my age or middle age, no, that that my age is middle age. um, There's no funding at all. (laughs) That I I, I don't know what I'm going to
2: do. I don't know what I'm going to do. This is my last year. This is it. This is it. After September, I'm I'm above that bracket. So so
0: this show has to really work for you. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Um, But okay, after this year, what happens? Uh, Do you think you might tour this show or you spoke about uh, perhaps revisiting Crime and Punishment? Uh, Do we have Edinburgh in the future or what what happens?
2: Yeah, I I hate to say it, but I've never been to Edinburgh Fringe Festival and I have always desperately wanted to go. But it costs money. So, Oh, yes. So I'm hoping maybe I can go and visit this year as a punter. Yeah. And then uh, depending on how the show is received at this year's Brighton Fringe. Maybe there is a tour in future for Edinburgh next year. Yeah. Or um, I've invited some arts industry people, so hopefully they'll come and maybe they want my show to be part of their local festivals. And I could do a mini tour. I mean, that um, is the
0: great thing about a, a solo show is that it? it's um, costs etc. Aside, it's reasonably easy to transfer from venue to venue.
2: Yeah. Well only I need to be free so well yeah exactly <laughs> when you've got a cast of you know however many you have to make sure you're all you can all make it that was the problem with with our tour last year a lot of the actors you know we couldn't get us all together on the right dates yeah yeah
1: um
2: but that's the one I was talking about potentially doing in the future so hopefully that can happen
0: sure I mean I, yeah I've been to Edinburgh as a punter a few times and it is dangerous if you're in any, any way a writer or producer because you just walk up and down the Royal Mile going, oh, I could, that baby looks good. I could, do, I could do it there. I could do it there. And you end up coming away from Edinburgh, even if you've only been there for a few days, going, oh, OK, I have to do something. Um, and I've been thinking that for about six years now. Mm. Uh, so it can be absolutely dangerous.
2: Well, maybe I'll be there next year.
0: Well, you know, we, 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 we're all behind you. We're <laughs> all behind you. And everybody listening to the podcast is behind you we've got at least seven people <laughs> um so one of the one of the questions that we ask uh, many of the people on the podcast is um you know what book are you reading at the moment that you would recommend to us all what film have you recently seen what tv program are you binge watching you might now may not have time for any of this working on the show but um
2: well, i've been <laughs> i've been really ill last week which is why my voice is a bit low and croaky Um, No, it's good for radio. (laughs) I've actually watched loads, (laughs) loads of TV. Um, I mean, yeah, my the one thing I think I would recommend for people to watch is Black Mirror.
0: Oh yes, that's come up a lot.
2: I just love it.
0: What do you love about it?
2: It's really dark. Oh okay. (laughs) I just yeah, I think it's really dark, and I think it's really clever, and I, I don't know, I don't think it's unrealistic for like what the future could hold.
0: It does seem like it's just not even like a year in the future. Yeah. It seems like it's like a week in the future. It's not always dark, however, is it? Uh, have you seen it's, the episode no. from the new series with the um, the town that's in the 80s?
2: The town that's in the 80s? Yeah. Is that the one where um, they're actually... Oh, wait, oh
0: Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, that now I, I'm thinking about the edit later, with spoilers, uh, but yeah, that one, Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: I loved that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, that wasn't sad. No. Or dark. Yeah. Well, no, well, it was actually. There were elements of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he,
0: he's a clever boy. He is. He is, he is Charlie Brooker. Um, I
2: love Charlie Brooker, Yeah. 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 He's great. Yeah. Uh,
0: anything else that you're you know listening to or reading or uh, or any plays that you've seen that um, recently that you've enjoyed?
2: I actually I go to a lot of theatre, but when you put me on the spot, I'm not. I'm not sure. Trying to think what I lo- I actually last saw um Ghost Dances at the Theatre Royal. Oh it was that? Ballet Company. Oh my god, it was amazing. Um I studied it when I was at school. Yeah. And then I re studied it again when I was at college. So going basically, I'd always wanted to see it and it was this famous piece from the eighties. Yeah. And, you know, reimagined uh was just really, really cool.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. So hang on, you you, you were became not obsessed you you were interested by this back in at school yeah Uh, you're still a a young woman you're you're 25 you're still eligible literally for um
1: (laughs) government funding
0: so you're (laughs) you're that young um would that just um suggest to me how long you've been interested in performance Mm. so even when you were at school doing what gcse drama yeah. How, how was how was GCSE drama for you at school? Because I always have this image that it's you know about four kids who are actually quite into the thing, <laughs> yes, and then basically and what nineteen boys climbing yeah. the, the black curtains.
2: Um, I had I was really really lucky. I had amazing teachers who were really really supportive and really really passionate, and I absolutely loved doing drama at school. Yeah. And I did you know all the school plays. Sure. And all of that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, Drama GCC specifically was a bit frustrating because, I mean, the majority of the class wanted to be there, but there were a small group of, of uh, people who took Drama because they thought it would be a DOS. And then when they realised they had to do a written exam and yeah. actually perform, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: uh, it started to dawn on them that they probably shouldn't have chosen Drama GCC. And if you got put in a group with one of those guys, yeah. that was really hard but i I, lo- I yeah i loved it i've always loved performing um it's that whole uh, cheesy thing of like i always wanted to be yeah, yeah. an actor well, since was I it, was five was
0: it an actor or dancer because you spoke about being uh, interested in the in the dance piece when you were at school were you, were you at that point were you going to be an actor were you going to be a film star were you going to be a dancer
2: um so i started off dancing like three or four and i think when i got to five or six I could see drama classes going on and I was like, oh, what's that? Yeah. And I asked my mum, so she put me into drama classes. And I loved them both equally, dancing and acting. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I got to college actually that I started to feel like I had to choose, actually. I felt like I had to pick, um, because they both take so much time and training and discipline.
0: You do.
2: I, I felt like I I couldn't um, do them both and do them both kind of half asked. Yeah, I had to. I felt like I had to commit to one. And then when I finished college, I actually applied for drama schools to do musical theatre because I, I do like singing as well. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't successful, which was which was fine. <laughs> it's, fine it's fine.
0: It's fine. It's fine. There were yeah. so many people who were not successful in yeah. drama school. There's there's so many people. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then um, I'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, I suppose after I left college, because I danced right up until I left college, um, I just it was really expensive. Sure, to yeah. To keep up all those dance lessons, and to keep, yeah, that, yeah, it was basically money. And I just loved acting, and I just, I did just know that that was the one.
0: What were your audition speeches? Do you
2: remember? Uh, well, I auditioned a few times. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I definitely did a piece by Dennis Kelly. Was that DNA? No, I think it was love and money. Okay, and it was this, <laughs> it was this like piece at the end where she's like talking about being in love, and um, I thought it was really cool because she swears at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh yes, yeah, swearing at drama school. Yeah, cool. Yeah, because because the will never have seen <laughs> yeah, that. My yeah, my god. Yeah. Um, and it was like really, I don't know what the word is. It's just kind of like reflecting on like life basically yeah, yeah. What, my, what my piece is
0: yeah, it, it's good, basically it's good, it's good, my
2: that show <laughs> yeah. i just it, really like talking about life yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: it's good <laughs> I, I i would struggle to find a play or a song <laughs> that isn't talking about life so, so you're fine you're fine what, what were your songs do you remember what songs you auditioned with
2: uh yes oh jekyll and hyde uh I can just think of the first so, so. line. Oh, go on then. I don't know what the. <laughs> I'm not asking the same. No, I was sure. going to. I, I'm not sure. No, we've got the copyright to. allowance. God, what's the song? Oh, "Someone Like You." That was it. Oh,
0: um, "Someone Like You." I, no, I'm thinking of something that Walkman and White used to sing with. I thought you were going to sing Tom Adele. Jones. Oh no, no, I, I, I cannot sing. Um, I can barely talk. Um. And so, oh, what I... and
2: and Oklahoma, fantastic. Um, what's this song? I I'm just a girl who can't say no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was yeah. My yeah. second song,
0: yeah. Uh, and um, and you did not succeed. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. Um, it's. it's, it's, it's put, I didn't.
2: Need, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: It's it's what's got you here now.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> um. Oh, the other thing we often ask is quite often, you know somebody, anybody, has had an idea when they were a kid, either for an Mm. invention or the great idea for a film or a book or a new type of food. And I don't know why I said a new type of food. (laughs) How many more types of food could there be? Uh, Falafel with chocolate. Oh, hang on, there we go, falafel with chocolate. (laughs) That's probably already been done. Um, But yeah, that's the point, um, that you have an idea and it's a bit whimsy, and then five years later, somebody's actually made millions of pounds out of it. Did you have anything like
2: this? Yes, i I, I think I've had loads over the years. Like me and my brothers would do, would, would come up with inventions. Sure. But actually, I had one recently, yeah. <laughs> which hasn't been done yet. I'll, I'll t- I'll go on, tell go on. I'm like, my brother thinks it's crap, uh, but I love it because it. I would buy it myself. Yeah. So basically, uh, they're called gig stilts. Go on. Yeah. So they're for people who are under the average height. Ah, yes. and um when you go to gigs and you literally can't see anything, um, yeah, you basically have these gig stilts which are adjustable height, but you can only go to average height. Yeah. Which this is where my brother says it falls down because okay, yeah. you know. Well, you
1: but, don't want, you don't but, want to but... fall down. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs>
2: Because I feel like you can't be taller than the average height, because then you're going to annoy people, and then they're not going to be able to see. But
0: you're not particularly petite, small. Well, you think you are.
2: I mean, my mum is smaller than me. Yeah. But uh, I actually measured her the other day because, yeah. like, you know, she's really, she's like four eleven. Yeah. Um, actually, she's four ten and a half.
0: <laughs> All right. I don't know if she wants this much information to be said.
2: We're
0: not exactly set up, <laughs> exactly up a Tinder profile, come on.
2: But I'm 5'2. I mean, I don't know what the average height for a woman is. I think it's 5'4. Like yeah. So I am small.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, so uh, Gig Stilts, which is should be acknowledged a great brand name anyway.
2: Yeah, I, I think it sounds great. So you can, and men can get these too, because yeah. like my my brother's quite short for a guy.
0: Because stilts are not not gender uh, specific. Specific, manner. no.
2: And then and then you can have them. And then women, you know, even women who are the average five four can now be five ten and if, actually be able to see.
0: But if your product is really successful, surely <laughs> we're, really we're gonna in. have like a room full of people on stilts.
2: Only only the short people uh, you, will be on stilts, and then there'll be average height, So it will just be a room full of average. Averagely heighted so people. We, so we're back at where we started.
0: All on stilts. Like uh, everyone cosplayed war of the world.
2: But like also the stilts, like I think when I talk about this, people will imagine like circus stilts. Yeah. But they won't look like that. They can I feel like we could make them fashionable.
0: <laughs> fashionable stilts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we can like accessorize. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What, Different what? colours, yeah. match your shoes. Yeah. And also like especially they come women. with Wi Fi. <laughs> yeah just wear really lot. just wear normal length trousers yeah, yeah and they will cover the stilts because you're now average height
0: so basically you want us all to be the same
2: no only 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 at gigs <laughs> Only at gig- so, that, so that you can see
0: so um so basically that's there's a bit of a patriarchal thing going Because isn't, isn't that just high heels
2: this is i was talking about these gig stilts yesterday yeah. and this is what my friend said she was like why don't you just wear heels well, no, because they're really painful. Um, the
0: stilts won't be really painful.
2: No, we'll make them super comfy. It will be like walking on clouds.
0: Walking on clouds. Well, there's <laughs> your slogan right there. Yeah. It I w- mean,
2: stuff some memory foam in those stilts. I don't know, but memory like... foam. <laughs> yeah. That's supposed to be really comfortable, okay. isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, no heels are not heels are not the same. Also, they're really bad for your back. You might twist your ankle. We'll make these these uh, stilts really safe.
0: I'm still terrified now of falling <laughs> over on these stilts. Um, uh, okay. But...
2: <laughs> from what? From five foot ten. <laughs> <A> falling over. <laughs> so,
0: hang on, you're five foot four, yeah?
2: Two, five, I, I fight,
0: two. You're five foot two. Have you? You're telling me that when you fall over from you know your own height, it never fall, it never hurts.
2: I mean, of course, but it's not going to hurt that much more, is it? Oh. Are you saying people who are, I was gonna say normal height, <laughs> average height? Are you saying that they hurt more when they fall over than than we would?
0: Uh, oh, oh there's a separation here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm also not a, tall, a particularly tall boy. Uh, I don't think we need to get into a divide between. It's not like it's not like a really weird episode of West Side Story <laughs> with two tall people clicking their fingers to two short people.
2: Oh, vertically challenged the musical.
0: There you go, there's another idea that we need to get on. You, you say that you and your brothers had ideas when you were kids. Is yeah. there anything that anybody actually has got to?
2: <laughs> no, I don't know. But it just reminded me of my dad. Because my dad swears to God that he invented the game Uno. Okay. He actually like, made it up with cards, yeah, yeah. him and his friend. And then years and years later, this game Uno came out, which is the game that he yeah. made up with his friend and obviously is worth millions and he always goes on about it. We <laughs> always play his card version.
0: <laughs> is he still in contact with his friend? No. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. So oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Um, Oh, and the other thing I wanted to ask you is, we all often ask people on the Cast Iron Theatre podcast, is when you are writing or creating or ranting, is there a place in Brighton that you're doing that, like a coffee shop or a bar? Where, where do you find yourself writing
2: in my lounge. In your lounge. We're getting that a lot, yeah, actually. Yeah, mostly in my lounge. I have friends who who, who go to coffee shops and, yeah. and do that Brighton thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you're not yet at that part?
2: Well, to be honest, I'd love to, but my uh, laptop doesn't work unless it's plugged in. Sure, sure. Um, so, yeah. And there are a
0: couple of um, coffee shops that actually have designated... Um, laptop
2: plug-in areas. Plug areas yeah yeah the Marwoods does the Marwoods does, actually. and
0: its sister um, Presumably Ed's does
2: I just think I get more work done in my pajamas sat on my sofa yeah then if I had to like spend 20 minutes getting ready sure yeah and then walking somewhere yeah doing some work and then walking back like that that's I mean, to walk to the Marwoods, for example, it's like a good half an hour walk. So that's already an hour. Yeah, yeah. And then they're getting ready. Yeah,
0: yeah, no. You're looking I, at me with a slightly accusing I, tone, okay? going, <laughs> look how much more work, Andrew, you could do if you didn't fuck off to Marwoods. You know I mean? No, no,
2: not at all. Like, and, and I also think it's really, like, to change, um, to change the location. So sure. I say that I, I work in my lounge all the time, but actually I work at uni sometimes and... Some of my best ideas have come to me when I've driven to my parents' house yeah, yeah. and I've been working on my laptop in their kitchen. Um, and I think it's just that change of scenery just sometimes, I don't know.
0: No, absolutely. I think definitely a change of scenery helps. Uh, I often can work quite well, not when there's a distraction, but when there's yeah. ambient noise around me yeah. and other people yeah. sort of, um, chatting or, or having coffee. Not that I, I have better ideas when I can hear other people drinking coffee. <laughs> That will be that be quite an unfortunate sort
1: of.
2: I think it be helps limiting. you focus, though, yeah. doesn't it? Because yeah. you're aware that there's stuff going on around you. So, especially for me, anyway, if that's happening, I really have to zone in on what I'm doing. So I become a lot more focused. Yeah. I I often listen to uh, music while I'm working.
0: What's the best music to listen to for you?
2: Oh, uh, I just love Spotify, and I I make playlist after playlist, and I just it's my my brother actually said he's jealous of me because he's never met. He's really into music and he yeah. does like music production. And he said he's never met anyone that has such a um, wide taste in music. Yeah. And he said it doesn't matter what the genre, you'll be able to find something that you like. Whereas he's very much like
0: he's down one thing. And he's sticking like to one it, yeah. or
2: two genres and yeah. some things that cross. Um, but there's definitely stuff that he knows he will never ever listen to because sure. he he won't like it. Whereas I yeah I can pretty much listen to any genre and find things that I like within it
0: has the creation of 10 steps to happiness has that had its own soundtrack Have you found a piece of music or a genre of music that helped you write this um
2: <laughs> or it's not going to be
0: the soundtrack to Richard Jones's diary
2: no I've got I've just got one song stuck in my head um I don't know if it's a spoiler or not if I if I say what it is because it is in the piece yeah um
0: do you, you not know
2: what to say i'm I'm thinking about it maybe I can uh no i'm not gonna I'm not okay. gonna say right. what it is right. because it will ruin the moment the, when it happens it like, yeah sure um but yeah there's that's like one song that I feel has followed me yeah. <laughs> through my life and it's a really ridiculous song um and when i it came on in my car and I was like this has this has to be in the show yeah. So I've managed to, to put it in and it's, it. I mean, you'll come and see it, it's, yeah. it's a ridiculous song. Well, you're too um, young to
0: remember the Birdie song, so it's probably not that. You, you look at me as if, <laughs> that, that, that look I can't read, it's either, oh my God, you guess, <laughs> or I have no idea what that is. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 no I, feel, I feel
2: like no. <laughs> no, that's right, it's,
0: it's genuinely quite significantly before your time. Um, well, Yeah, so 10 steps to happiness. Um, How many dates has it got?
2: Four dates. Yeah. Um, the fourth of May, which is also the Warren launch.
0: Because it's literally the day before the Friends, yeah. really, isn't it?
2: Yeah. So it's the launch of the Warren, and I'm on at six thirty, and then there's other shows afterwards, after me, and fireworks. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's exciting, and then. The, um, are the
0: fireworks for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no okay.
2: I'd love that though. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to pretend it is. Yeah, of course. Come with me, guys. Let's go see my fireworks.
0: I I was uh, once living in a a cul-de-sac type road, uh, which, unbeknownst to me, one, again, lovely, sunny Saturday morning, (laughs) was celebrating its 100th birthday, and it had lots of um, balloons and a, a brass band and stuff, and a banner that said, Happy Birthday. I didn't know about any of this until I walked out of the um, the house. It did happen on that day to be my birthday. <laughs> oh my god, that's
2: amazing. So I was that's somewhat such confused. a good story. I, I,
0: I was confused. and <gasps> mildly depressed. Um, did you think
2: it was like a surprise street party? I really, please?
0: I really didn't. I didn't like my neighbours. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, that's
2: amazing.
0: So, so you're o- so you open on the, 4th, which the fourth, which is the day yeah. before the fringe. It's the launch day of the fringe. Yeah. And then what are your other dates?
2: Um, twenty second, twenty third, and twenty.
0: 24. Oh, so you're doing both ends of the fringe, really? Yeah, yeah. so it's
2: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, again at six thirty. Um,
0: and that's at the Warren. Yes. Um, and so on the on the uh, the fourth, you 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 pretty much almost sold out. You're down to your last ten tickets.
2: Yeah. So yesterday when I checked, it uh, was ten tickets left.
0: Yeah, yeah, ten tickets left for ten steps to happiness. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that's really good, isn't yeah, it? I'm is, really that, is that really scary? Yeah. <laughs> it means something now, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 I've got to finish the show now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are many writers again, yeah, I know what that feels like. Um, <laughs> So yes, uh, well thank you Yvette May, it's been a gorgeous conversation, chatting to you about your upcoming show, 10 Steps to Happiness at the, uh, the Brighton Fringe, the, the Warren, um, on the 4th of May and 22nd, 22nd
2: of May 23rd. and 23rd
0: of May, 24th, 24th of May, <laughs> uh, it's been brilliant speaking to you, uh, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast, presented by me, Andrew Allen, edited by Michelle Donkin. Music is Chapstick by Everett Armand. Find us on Twitter at cast underscore iron acts, on Facebook with ironclad cast iron, all one word, and our website is castironbrighton.weebly.com. Subscribe to us and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Hello.
1: Should I introduce myself? Go in. Go in. Okay. So. (sighs) I just got all nervous. So. Yes. I'm. What? I. (laughs) I want to just say my name.